Good afternoon, all you peace lovers and hot saucers. This afternoon, today's segment is brought to you by, and I'm not getting paid for this, but today's segment is brought to you by Throat Coat, organic throat coat that supports throat health. You could get it at all participating grocery stores, and I highly, highly recommend it. If you sing a lot, you should use Organic Throat Coat. It's smooth and silky. And it rhymes. And it rhymes. Today's guest is none other than the formidable Mr. Clay Goldstein from the Natty Bows. Is it Goldstein or Goldstein? Goldstein. Goldstein from the world-famous Natty Bows. How you doing today, brother? I'm good. Now, there's a guy down in Windward, who's Wind? got okay. Windward area, okay. that's got that guitar shop. You know, there's this, this, I don't know if it's still there, but about a year ago it was, two years. This is his guitar and old cars. Oh, yeah. And oh, he's, yeah. he's a gold, spells it the same way as mine. Bill Goldstein. Goldstein, right. but he's Stein, because he uses the, the German pronunciation. Because oh. it became, and then he gave me a whole talk about it. See, I, didn't I didn't know. know that about him, and I, I've been him? there a couple of times. Right, so it's Stein, and he'll go either way, but, you know, he told me why he sticks to the Stein. That's a really cool place. It's you a have, very cool place. You guys haven't been there. It's in Miami. In the Wynwood area, it's uh, Walt Gracie Guitars and Cars. Yep. Yeah, it's neat. It's great. Right. It's like you walk in there, and you're like, oh, I cannot afford any of this. And, but, I, but he doesn't <laughs> but mind. Look, and he's a yeah, museum. Yeah. It was obvious I wasn't. Some are like... Affordable, right? For like musicians, it was obvious. Now my friend I was with was on a was on a journey for you know ever hear of Styles guitars, Bill Styles sounds familiar. Yeah, the band NRBQ. Yeah, sure. He played Styles guitars, oh. and my buddy's a huge NRBQ fan. His name's Mark Shamakovitz. Okay. He uh, he sells old old guitars and stuff like that out of Maryland, oh. but we were on a journey to find the old factory. Of Styles oh. Guitars, which was down in North Miami somewhere. I didn't know that. And right now it's it's like a it's gone. Yeah. They have I a tile to... store, and that building, it, they they do they sell it's sewing, like oh. industrial sewing, like they sell t-shirts. There used or to something. be Ace Music in Miami. A couple of other things, but no, I never heard of Styles Guitars. But he made it, just did his own guitars. And uh, I'll, I'll find the in this I'll find the website I'll blurt it out in the middle okay. of some other question. Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you had a good uh, weekend. Yeah. Was that from gigs or just personal? Or just What's the difference? Ah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of good shows. Oh, good. I did. Uh, I've been playing with Cat Riggins. Okay. Can't tell, go wrong doing that. Tell us about Cat Riggins. Cat Riggins. Uh, from the beginning, or from the, or do, does pe- do people want, know? Wherever you want. Cat Riggins, I met her in Otis Cadillac and the Eldorados featuring the Sublime Seville Sisters. There's a name for you. And uh, she was one of the Seville Sisters, and of the people down here, yourself, Josh Rowan, Albert, uh, JP, different people down here, she's one of the ones that's on the track, that's working mm-hmm. in a level that's national that's international that's she spent six months in Europe she's a singing she's a great singer she's a great performer she takes care of business she's a great person when she's signing autographs she genuinely wants to meet the people she's talking to which is all and we share a sensibility about <laughs> about 
energy and the show and, 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 and that fun part. So, she, uh, I did a tour with her last year. Um, did a few shows locally. Where'd you guys play last year? We played at the North Atlantic Blues Festival. The North Atlantic in Blues In Maine. Festival. Maine. Home of Stephen King. <laughs> home of Stephen King. And, and it looked like it from the, <laughs> from the distance. Really? I mean, it, it didn't look scary, but it right, looked like right, right. underneath. <laughs> you don't know. And these people, they're wonderful. You know what? I thought we had a lousy set time. I thought we were like two in the afternoon. You know, I thought we were one of those sound check bands. Oh, I get you though. But early on, and the... The van pulled in about 11.30, and the place was packed. And they tell me, at 8.30, they open doors, everybody runs in with their chairs, they set them up, and, and they're there for the day. Every band at that festival got a standing ovation. Wow. Good, bad, and, and then they were all good. I don't know if they all deserved a standing O. They were all good, but the people were so appreciative. Isn't that great when you play for appreciative people? That makes a whole difference in uh, any artist's life, whether That's it be right. music or art or That's poetry right. or just someone that gives a flying hoot. Talk about you know? local, like there's places like Blue Jean Blues. Great place is, to play. Which is which is kind of small, I know it's kind of uncomfortable for some people. For blues and jazz, wonderful. It's one of my favorite rooms because there's a place in Kansas City I, I ref, called BB's Lawnside Barbecue. These, these places, the people come for the music and they eat also. And they, they enjoy the food, as opposed to going to eat and going out swimming, going out for something. Oh, check it out. There's a band. Yeah. And that difference, I mean, they're both better than not playing at all. But the difference, yeah. when they come to see the band, when the place is set up for music, Funky Biscuit, you know, like that. Yeah, Funky Crazy Biscuit's Uncle Mike has place. stuff like that. So these places that are set up for music, is it makes a difference. And Wait. the crowd comes for that. Which you are playing on June 30th for the One Mind, One Heart. I am. No, I'm not just playing. <laughs> I'm double dipping. <laughs> Go, you can self-serve all you want, because I will too. Um, <laughs> I'm playing with Otis Cadillac. Oh, cool. You gave me a little break. Cool. And then I'm playing with my, my band with Mario Lacasse and Dennis Freireich and the Natty Bows. So, uh, and plus, I feel for the cause. Because one of my best friends, you know, in the world um, last year... Uh, commit suicide. Yeah, I had to have been there. To, uh, two people I know. Two, uh, three people. He's the second that I know, and the first one was back in high school. But I was, I wasn't with him when he did that. But I've been on the phone with him. He's my roommate in Los Angeles, and I was on the phone with him for about three years, every day, almost every day. Wow. We were we were talked almost every day, working through whatever we could try to work through, and his own attempts to help. There's no mental health in the United States. You know, it's there's a lot of drug counseling, mm -hmm. and there's a lot, of, and I know psychiatrists are trying to do the best they can, mm -hmm. but it seems like there's so many that it becomes drug balancing, mm -hmm. and finding the right combination to fit the yeah. person's chemistry, yeah. and it just doesn't get the attention because of the stigma mm -hmm. that cancer and lung disease and heart disease and, and and all those get. So that you're doing this is, is crucial. Thank you. Yeah. It's for a good cause. Yes. Yes. So, back to Cat. So, that was last year. We did some shows in New York and on the way up and on the way back. And and we're going to do another tour this this August where uh, we're going to go through New York and New Jersey and we'll play my father's place in Long Island. 
Syracuse, New York, Connecticut, and we're going to do the White Mountain Boogie and Blues Festival in New Hampshire. Cool. Thornton, New Hampshire, August 17th. So on the way up to that, now Kat, she goes to Europe, you know, a few months of the year. In fact, when we're doing this, the, she's flying out today, or she just flew out yesterday for another month in June. But then all the shows coming up, leading up, and she's got every Monday in July at uh, Blue Jean Blues, like we just talked about, and doing shows. So those are the shows are rehearsals. We're working in a new guitar player, Peter Rowland, just joined the band. And uh, to, to George Caldwell is the bass player. He's unbelievable. You know, um, uh, Maurice Dukes plays drums with us when he can. He did last. And I'm not sure if he's doing this tour or not. But... Um, Look, so we've got a lot of shows coming up in July, and, and I want to make sure that the band... She wants to make sure, because she's one of the ones that, that really... She deserves it. You know, it's neat, not just her performance. When she leaves the stage and signs autographs at these festivals, she, she's not rolling her eyes. She's not looking at her watch. She wants to meet the people. She wants She wants to hug them. She wants to talk to him yeah. and make a difference. And that's, that's but she's just really nice to other musicians and actually isn't she? is one of, the, one of the ones that does help out other musicians. Every and, chance you get. And, yeah. she, and consistent. All, no matter what's happening in life, yeah. hit the stage flat out. Yeah. Balls to the wall. She's out there. And that's, that, that, as a side guy for that, that's what you want. Sure. You know, to, yeah. okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta up my game. This sure, girl's sure, sure. doing it. Sure, sure, sure. So it's great. Okay, so you're talking about Kat, and you play with her. You also mentioned um, you play with Otis Cadillac and the Seville Sisters. <laughs> I do. Okay. I, I am an Eldorado, and that's, I guess, I've been a regular member about three years. Okay. And uh, <laughs> that's a blast. Yeah, when, it looks when, like it's a lot of fun. When can From a harmonica player be part of 12? Uh, an audience orchestra? point of view. That's And and you know what? I'm glad you say that because that's yeah. what counts. Yeah. Um, um, they put it together right. The band rehearses. He picks songs that aren't your normal songs. Oh, good. He picks songs, B-sides, and um, um, songs that just you want to hear. It's almost It's educational. You're like, who wrote that song? Who where did that song come from? Um, which which is great. Now that band got hired to do the Niagara Falls Blues Festival in September September fourteenth, my wife's birthday. So um, she, and she's coming up for the show, or else I wouldn't be there. No, <laughs> um, it's, it's, we're opening for Can't Heat. What? Uh -huh. Wow! So it's a whole blues festival. They're gonna fly us. They are flying us in Friday. We stay Friday night. We play Saturday and we fly out Sunday. Get to play for Can Heat. Get to see the festival. Get to see the festival Friday. Um, they're flying like 12, 13 of us out here. This is a huge band to take care of. You, know, you got two two saxophone players, keyboard players, guitar, me, drummer, bass, Otis, <laughs> three or four Seville singers, and each of the Sevilles are beautiful and wonderful and got choreographed and amazing performers in their own right. So it's kind of neat because you don't get to see people unless you go to a jam session yeah. or go to their gig, but you can't go to their gig because you're playing. You're playing. <laughs> so here I get to see people. And so the, when Otis gets together, it's like a family. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, everybody's talking to each other, do a few songs and go on. When are the 
Natty Bose, N-A-T-T-Y apostrophe S-B-O apostrophe S. Not quite. It's not. N-A-T-T-Y B-O-S. Oh. And I put the line over the O so you pronounce it correctly. So it's Natty Bose. Okay. Inspired. I was going to just ask, how did you get that in? Because I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. My wife hates the name. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> so the drummer and I are from Maryland. The drummer's from Annapolis. I'm from Baltimore. And there is an inexpensive, no, there's a cheap beer in Baltimore called National Bohemian Beer. Okay. They do great on the advertising. They're now all over Camden Yards at Oriole Games and Raven Games and stuff like that. So you're from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. Cool. That's right. And uh, raised in Baltimore. Yep. My folks still live there. One of my sisters still lives there. And if you want a National Bohemian beer, you ask for a Natty Bow. Oh, that's cool. Okay, then. So anyone from Maryland comes to one of our shows, they come up to us, kind of, they kind of slink up to us. Is somebody from Baltimore in this band? And <laughs> <laughs> we go, heck yeah. So, uh, and that's how the band got the name. Natty Bowes. Um, what I, we just named How long has the band been together? Oh, gosh. Yeah, time flies. This, Maybe this... five years. Okay. We rotate drummers, because our, our, our regular... <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> our, um, our original drummer, Bobby Ross, he, he plays with us when he can. He goes around the country for arts and crafts fairs. Well, makes a living doing that. He makes a living doing that. And what he does is rock and roll memorabilia. It started out taking vinyl records that didn't play anymore. Nobody had a turntable for them. And he'd make clocks. So if the label on the vinyl record was like Bruce Springsteen, the Street Band, there you have a clock with a little souvenir of Bruce Springsteen, the Street Band clock. Yeah. And now he does coasters and he'll sell T-shirts and he'll sell some records too. He'll sell whatever he can that fits in that genre that motif of rock and roll collectibles mm. so but he makes a good living doing that, doing that and so when he's not there lately we've had uh jermaine deontay dukes jermaine excellent isn't he cool he's, wait i did a gig with you guys you at, did um crazy uncle mike's crazy uncle mike's where you could catch uh clay there every uh, every once Thursday. a month once a month once a month now it's going to turn for summertime we're doing once because in august i'm not going to be around okay and so now they're going to do a different Roots, American Roots type blues type band. But you still hold down the fort there. And I do once back. a month. Okay. Yeah. And then um and then I'll put together something every once right. a month. And so um but that's a great place. Yeah. Anyhow, they got live music all the time. Oh yeah. Sound. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me who's in the Natty Bows. Natty Bows. We started out well Bobby Ross off and on when he can make it is the drummer. Mario Lacoste on the guitar. Mario is... Wonderful. He's I've wonderful. known him since I was... Probably when I first started playing guitar. 15, 16 years old. Uh, such a nice guy. He, wonderful guitar player. One of the best. Humble. Humble. His family is a bunch of sweethearts. Beautiful people. Generous. Yeah. You know, I mean, he <laughs> he's... It's, I wasn't gonna do a band with Mario... Because he's got a day job that he cares about. It's yeah. his own business. It's his yeah. father's business. Sure. It's a great business. Yeah. They do micro tools. They do wonderful, challenging things. And so he can't. He wasn't going to tour. He wasn't going to play in, during, in the middle of the week. I want to play whenever I can. So he. Um, but we're going to do a couple shows, and then we decided to rehearse for him. And the rehearsals were wonderful. 
no talking about stuff, just three hours of music. I want to write songs, so he's gives ideas, he's into writing, he's into creating something. It became so fulfilling that I was like, all right, the Natty Bows will be a weekend band around here. It'll be a songwriting project. And I, if I'm going to do something in the middle of the week or travel or do something else, I'll just put so together something else. Because nobody, there's no jealousy, there's no pettiness in in him or anybody in that band. And, and we'll talk. And then so Mario's right there with that. And and what a, just a brilliant player and everything you just said. Yeah. And except he won't go near a microphone. He's phobic for microphones. <clears throat> Is he? Huh? <laughs> yeah. But then there's uh, the bass player. I've known for as, almost as long as I've known anybody down here in South Florida. This guy, Dennis Freireich. He is officially the only Yankee fan in the band, even though he's from <laughs> Queens, New York. Um, that's okay. I can tolerate. I'm tolerant. You know, it's, it's important to Taking tolerate this agreement of others. That's right. I am an Orioles fan. Um, we even have a song about that. <laughs> so um, my, my, my sister married a Yankee fan. Hashtag Baltimore Oriole. What's the uh, name of the song? Uh, Yankee In-Law Blues. Yankee In-Law Blues. On our CD, Natty Bows, Look Up is the name <laughs> of the CD. It's, our, it's about two years old now, so it's time for another one. Overtime for another one. So anyway, Dennis is, is, is plays in, has touched most bands in Palm Beach County. And you won't find a more dependable, steady, eyes open, ears open, got your back bass player. As Dennis, wow. it's just so, it makes it so easy. You know, I jump all over the place. I never know when I'm going to come in to sing. I like to make up stuff. I'm, I'm you know, I, I try to signal. Mario also once he figured out that that in the Natty Bows he could. I meant it when I said you can do whatever you want. Um, whatever you do, it'll be right. Um, once he got that, because a lot of people say that and they're not. Well, you can do everything you want as long as it's this. <laughs> um, he got that he can do whatever he want. Now he's free to do anything. I'm free to do anything. And the idea of the band is just say yes. And the reason why Mario and I can do whatever we want is because a guy like Dennis is right there. Mm. Right there. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles uh, in the in the late 80s and 90s during Showtime, during Magic Johnson's years. Mm. And watching them play basketball. Like, Magic orchestrated it. Sure. But if the ball went somewhere else, they all knew what was going on because they were there. They were focused. They were alert. And I'm thinking a band to operate like that, like like the great sports teams. I'm a huge sport. I, I me tell too. People, you know, I, for me, I played sports 100% until the end of high school. That's all I did. No mm -hmm. music, no nothing. Didn't pick up harmonica until the end of high school. And for me, it's a sports substitute. And I approach my shows, I approach rehearsals, I approach the, everything like I approached when I was a kid, just playing sports every day. So, what happened after uh, high school? Why did you choose the music route? Or I, well, I hurt my knee in high school. What's that? I hurt my knee in high school. You hurt your knee in high school doing what? Playing sports. Just, what? what? Uh, uh, cartilage. Oh. And, um, and I wasn't going to play at the level of where I could play my whole life. And then... Well, a few things happened. <laughs> I saw I saw Muddy Waters. Wow! Open for Eric Clapton at the Largus at the, at the Capitol Center, and here I'm watching a 68 year old guy sitting on, you know, sitting on a stool, 
It's a black guy sitting on a stool playing slide guitar. The, the notes are reverberating all throughout Capitol Center. You've got 20,000 people just at rapt attention on this guy. And I'm thinking, well, if I start playing music, I can do that the rest of my life. Because hmm. here he is. And here everyone I know plays until they drop. Yeah. And that was incredible. I saw my first Bruce Springsteen concert, and that was life-changing. Because he... Well, I see a lot of Bruce Springsteen in <clears throat> you. I'm like, man... Well, I don't know if anyone has seen the Natty Bows or Clay perform, but he's just all over the place. I'm thinking, oh my God, what does this guy drink and eat for, for fuel? Because he's just manic up there. It's just uh, crazy to watch. Very, very entertaining. How did, you, how did you get to where you're at now? And obviously Bruce Springsteen is huge influence. Huge influence. I, yeah. I won't even, I won't try to pretend it. In fact, I try not, we can't do too many Bruce Springsteen songs because mm. I don't want to be a, a, a clone more than I already am. Okay. And, but I don't see a clone. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I see like your influence. I'm like, oh. There's, a, there's a definite, and first off, when I, the first concert I saw his, there was no place he'd rather be than right there. And I was like, whatever I do for a living, you spend so much time at your job, I want to jump out of bed to go to work. And me and my friends, we'd spent, um, we'd spend, we'd see every show whenever he was town. So we would camp out at the at the arena. And when we'd wake up in the morning, about two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon or so, we could hear sounds through the halls, through the walls of the arena. Because before his four-hour concert, he's rehearsing for two or three hours in the halls, new songs, different things. And I'm thinking, this is the way you do it. If you're going to do this. At this level, if you're gonna have, if it's that much fun, you rehearse before your show, mm -hmm. then you come back into your show, and you you don't, and you make it a real show, a long show. You give them more than their money's worth, mm -hmm. you know. You, you exceed <coughs> expectation, and so so those. And then everything I heard about him, I've had friends that meet it, that met him. And have you met him? I have not. <laughs> I, have you met I, any of his? Band we've members? crossed. We've I've come close, but I haven't. Um, I can't, yeah, I came close, but I haven't. I don't know if I should anymore. No, I should. I should. I'd, I'd love to meet him. Just tell Why him. Why not? And he's tell him, a, and, and tell him thank you. Very like, nice guy from what I hear. Every, you know what? I'll tell you. So in Los Angeles, a friend of mine, a singer-songwriter named Andras Jones, he's got a, sh a podcast called Radio 8-Ball. Radio 8-Ball, okay. And he's one of the finest singer-songwriters I've ever played with out of Los Angeles. He lives in Spokane, Washington now. And he told me a story where he was doing a show at the Palomino Club out in Los Angeles when he was still there, and Bruce was in the audience. And when he finished his set, now, he, now Andras had a manager that really didn't, give, didn't care about him too much. He put him on the show because he had other artists on the show. Mm -hmm. And this manager didn't do anything for Andras. And <laughs> Andras... Now, Andres was a... Witch. <laughs> imagine that, <laughs> right? right. So, um, now, Andres is an actor. He was in Nightmare on Elm, Play, Elm Street 3, he, he, I mean, cool. or 2, or one of those Nightmare on Elm Street shows. Yeah. He's, a, he's an actor. He's a working professional actor. Hey, so God, he's not bless, some, God bless your brother. God, that's right. And a great singer-songwriter. So he's not just some Stargate guy. But he saw Springsteen in the audience. Bruce, no, I'm good. He saw Bruce in the audience, and he said, what up to it, Bruce? He's like, oh, man, you're in the audience. Can I play you a song? And Bruce is like, well, I'm here drinking, you know, I'm here, you know, oh. just here. Uh, I'll, I'll just do one song. So the first cool thing Bruce did, this is Andras' story. This is, is off stage. Right no. off stage, but in front of the stage. Wow. Where the bar was at the Palomino Club. Wow. And, and he says, well, let's go in the back. 
because if you're going to play a song for me, I'm going to listen to it, so let's go in the back where I can hear it. Oh. That's pretty cool right off the bat. You can get a rock star to come back and Mm -hmm. actually want to be with you. Mm -hmm. So here's Andras. He's playing a song for Bruce Springsteen, and the manager comes by. Mm -hmm. And the manager sees, "Uh uh-oh, here's my kid that I've done nothing for singing for Bruce Springsteen. The manager comes up. Hey, Bruce, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm his manager. Bruce Springsteen looks at him and says, Oh, yeah? What have you done for him? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if you know his history, Springsteen's had, man- had a manager issue um, be- between his first two albums and Born to Run and Dark... Actually, from Born to Run and Darkness and what stuff. What happened? He had a, just a disagreement, and then he went to court. The manager went to court. There was a, there was a suit. Before he I, made it? You know, it was after, I think, that I could be wrong on this, but it was after Born, Born to Run. Hmm. And, and there's, so he couldn't play, and he couldn't record his songs, he couldn't release while litigation was going on. And again, I could be wrong with the specifics about this, but they had a, an issue. And then a writer by the name of John Landau wrote that I've seen the future of rock and roll, and his name is Bruce Springsteen. It's a cold quote. <laughs> Isn't that a cold quote? <laughs> and then Bruce got his cover, his face on the cover of, of uh, Time and Newsweek in the same week. Mm. So, um, first off, that manager, John Landau, became his manager. Mm. The, the writer became his manager. Mm. And they've been together ever since. Mm. Um, but from experience, Bruce knew that. And he knew that, okay, you think you're his manager. What have you done for him? Which is cut to the chase. A guy who's experienced this. What have you done for him? And, and I just think that's... What was the answer? There was no gobbledygook. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, I've got him. I booked him a couple gigs here. A couple gigs there, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there. Andras just was so flustered to be with Bruce, but he remembered that. And it's great for him to be so direct in that type of stuff. So, yeah, the guy's an influence. He, his, 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 um, the way he goes about his work, the way he goes about his poetry and his songs. And for me... At the, it was the right music, the right image, at the right time, to see, you know, the, you know, he's not a great harmonica player, he, but he plays a lot of harmonica. So I saw him in the front row once, and he did a song called Promised Land, which is a harmonica song, but a rockin' harmonica song. Mm-hmm. So you do the regular harmonica part, and then, now I, I, the secret, the number one lesson to playing harmonica, always carry it with you. There is no reason not to. So when you're stuck in the car, when you're st- walking down the street, at least you got that. So anyway, I'm in the front row, and I have my harmonica, and I take it out, and I put it back in my pocket, and I kept it in my pocket. At the end of Promised Land, Bruce comes over right to where I'm standing, and it is as if, I know he didn't know me from Adam, as if he said, now this is the way you play rock and roll harmonica. Because blues, there's a certain restraint. There's a, there's a restraint to blues. There's a restraint to, to a sound, to a chords, um, that, that you have that's still personal and expressive, but it's, so, it's like an inner expressiveness. And rock and roll, there's a, at least in my impression, there's a reckless abandon. There's a time when you just make noise. There's a time when you just exert it out. And he said, okay, now this is how you play rock and roll. And although he's not a harmonica player like a Paul Butterfield, it was rock and roll. It was just, bam, sweat and Playing harmonica is hard, man. It's not and, easy. And, 
<clears throat> right. at all. But if you pick up the right harmonica and you're going to play rock and roll for a moment and you let it out and get out of your head, even if you're on stage with 20,000 people screaming, that's, that's mm. what it is. It's, it, there has to be a dramatic moment, I think, in rock, in rock and roll where the audience and even you wonder, are you going to get out of this song? Are you going to make it? Is this, is this song? Even if it's re a rehearsed spontaneity, which is something that Bruce Springsteen mentions that he, you know, his kind of sign, but I think there has to be a moment of drama if you can put it in there somehow, like, like you're walking a tightrope. Are they going to make it? And, and, and that's, that tension really serves the art for me. So, you, what are you thinking when you're up there on stage? What's going through your head, whether it be, because I know there's instances where there's no one in the audience, where no one really cares or even notices that there's a band on stage, or if there's even a stage, and there's times when there's a hundred people, and there's times when there's thousands of people. Right. So what goes on in your head up in your in your head? One thing about performance, and believe it or not, as somebody who loves New York, I do. I love New York City, and who hates the Yankees. And I do, and I wrote a song about it. <laughs> what about the Mets? I don't mind the Mets. <laughs> I, I, I've been to Shea. I, you know, I've been to Shea Stadium. Mets are all right. You know, I can tolerate them. Even though they beat the Orioles in 69, 69 is my most hated year for sports because <laughs> the Mets beat the Orioles and the Jets beat the Colts and the Knicks beat the Bullets when the Bullets were in Baltimore. Mm. So I, that was my worst year as a fan. But <laughs> anyway, um, where were we? Uh, Joe DiMaggio. And I had a, a moment when Joe DiMaggio once asked to sit at my table. Didn't wow. know me for an It's a wacky story. But I had the only seat open in this room, this, this place. But anyway, Joe DiMaggio is quoted as saying that I play hard every day because there's someone in the audience. This is the only time they're going to see me ever play. And when they say, yeah, I saw Joe DiMaggio, and he was just kind of running out the, you know, he didn't run out the hit. Or he didn't try to catch that right, ball. Right, right, right. That's what they're going to remember yeah, of Joe DiMaggio. So he's got to hit. He's got to run out every hit, and he's got to try to catch every ball for those people that will never see you again. So those times when you play with there's one person in the audience, a couple drunks at the bar, you don't first you don't know what they're seeing and what they're hearing, what they're saying, and then you know what? It's just more fun to pretend. <laughs> it just yeah. So I'm also thinking about, when I hear the song, well, I want to service the song, so I want to make sure I'm with the, with the, with the, with the now my wife thinks that when I'm the front guy of the band, I don't play harmonica. She okay. says I, that um, my focus is so much on the people, the songs, the lyrics, the things, the leading things, that my harmonica is, uh, it becomes the second place. And that the best harmonica I play is, is when I'm, only playing harmonica, like if I'm on side guy, like for Cat or for, for, for whoever. Um, she's probably right. Huh, I would, okay. Because then I get to play fills, then I'm just focused on... You have the sideman mentality? I, don't I know, know about, what you mean. I don't know about the sideman mentality, cause, but as much as I'm not as worried on remembering lyrics, on remembering yes, song, I, what, what should be the next song, 
You know, what 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 do we need to do? What's the guitar player doing? Right. What's happening in the audience? Because I do feel a responsibility to if there's something. First off, if there's something dangerous, something happening in the audience, I've got the best view of it. But also, I've got just the best view of what's trying to get the pulse of what's happening in this room, mm -hmm. so that I can capture it, influence it, whatever I'm thinking about with those things as a front person. But with us, if I'm just playing harmonica, okay, what's going on in the song? Like, okay, we need an organ sound behind here. Uh, we need a little per percussiveness behind here. Mm -hmm. So so the, the harmonica can do an organ, can do a, a horn line. What's wonderful, Otis Cadillac, is I get to play with Steve um, Lamberdelli, gosh, and, and, and Doug Dream. And um, these guys are the top horn guys, you know, and their horn lines are so cool. I get to cop you know, match their horn lines and harmonize with them or do something complimentary to their horn lines. What a great opportunity for a harmonica player mm -hmm. to to do horn lines mm -hmm. from these guys. So so when I'm back, when I'm not doing the solo, how do I contribute to the song without getting in the way? Sometimes you just got to stop playing. Most mm -hmm. of the times you just stop playing because if I stop playing early in the song and then add more information later in the song, then, then I've just helped the song and the dynamics. And this music is so simple that it needs dynamics is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, my problem with, with local bands or, or bands that aren't quite there is that the dynamic volume and tempo are so small. It's medium, medium fast, and medium slow. Medi uh, medium low, medium, and medium loud. Okay. And the thing I... Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin going from a, a whisper to a thunder. And the more you can spread out the, the tempo dynamics and the volume dynamics, that's everything, because the, the songs are simple, mm -hmm. except for that. So, so, so I'm thinking that way. And then my solos, I'm kind of trying to think of attitude. You know, am I happy? Is this sad? Is this anger? Is, am I in a dark alley? You know, am I am I trying to play rock and roll? Am I trying to be a, the, the electric guitar player here? So I, I, I try to do a lot of attitude type of, if I can add something to that. Okay. This segment is brought to you by ham croquettes and Tabasco sauce. <laughs> so, uh... No, you <laughs> need... You, there's something in St. Augustine right? called daddle sauce. Okay. D-A? D-A-T-T -T or T-L-E. So, um, now, now my wife, oh, this is going to be another advertisement. Should I advertise something? Sure. My wife has, sells these. We're not getting paid for it. Right, we're not getting paid for it, but they employ my wife, so I am getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing called the hippo is, um, gourmet, they call them gourmet, but they're basically all fruit-made Popsicles. Not popsicles. Cool. You know the word popsicle is trademarked? <laughs> For everything is probably happening. The word popsicle, they can't say we sell popsicles. Okay. Because the word popsicle, they have to call them ice pops. Wow. I can't use so I just used it, but I'm <laughs> but I'm only I'm not really part of it. Anyway, but um it's made it's based out of St. Augustine and the only the only store they have is down in Alt Lauderdale by the sea. It's the only one down this south. This that's right. And um, the hippo, but it they they have these, they have like a hundred flavors of ice pops. They rotate them, 
And daddle sauce is this thing in St. Augustine, which is a hot sauce, but it's a little sweeter. All right. And not quite as burning. It might be up there. And they have, they, she makes pops, they make popsicles. Like, like uh, I don't know if this is a real flavor, but like raspberry daddle. Oh. And they have all these weird combinations. They have cheesecake, apple pie. If they had a New Orleans theme, it would be called Who Daddle. Who Daddle. (laughs) Oh, man. You bought a copyright that and send it to them. Oh, man. All right. So let's see here. Yeah. All right. Where are we? How long have you been playing? I've been playing. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't start playing to the end of my senior year in high school. Okay. I didn't start when I when I couldn't Harmonica? play. Harmonica. Yep. Do you play any other? Instruments? I don't play anything else. Nothing else. Nothing else. I never took the time to really learn anything on guitar. I never took the time to learn anything on piano. I never. Hey, I played sports. Wow. And um, I, I and then one day I was like, you know, I did magic tricks. Um, but one day I said, I'm gonna carry a harmonica in my pocket. And that's really what did it. Cause then, so I wouldn't ask anybody if I could play with them like I so a couple things happened so I would never ask anybody if I could play but I would walking down the street so I'd walk down the street and if somebody walked by I'd put the harmonica in my pocket oh. and then I'd, I'd play again mm-hmm. and but then I was in the backseat of cars with, with a bunch of friends a whole bunch of friends and I started playing and it must have been lucky but some friends turned around and said hey that sounds good ah <laughs> light bulb okay maybe I got something here I was at this folk club in uh, Towson, Maryland, called The Grotto, and this guy named Bob Grimm, who was an amazing guitar player, uh, there's nobody there, I was with a couple friends, and he's playing, and my friend goes, uh, well, ask him to play, and I said, no, I'm not going to ask him to play, I can't do that, and I said, uh, but I did, I took the harmonica out of my pocket and I put it on the table, and uh, I figured, I won't ask him, but if he asks me, it's his fault. Now, I'll be the best I can, but so he asked me to play. He said, do you play that? I said, yeah. And so I played, and then after I played, he comes up to me and says, do you play that professionally? Oh. There's a light bulb again. I'm like, oh, wow, here's this great guy. And he's thinking that what I did was good enough to at least ask if I play. And the last thing that happened, I was at, I'd only, I never learned songs. I just kind of learned how to play. I never learned too many songs. But I knew Heart of Gold by Neil Young. Great song. Great song. I knew the harmonica part. So I was an extra in the movie And Justice for All. Really? Which is with Al Pacino. You are? Is it, is it on there? I'm an extra. I was just an extra. Okay. So I'm in the scene at the beginning of the movie where there's a where, where, where Al Pacino's being released and a transvestite is, is being checked into prison. He's yep. walking into his cell. And when you're an extra in a movie, you just sit outside and you wait. So yeah. I sat outside yeah. and I had my harmonica. And huh. I'm playing my harmonica. The casting director comes out to smoke a cigarette. He says, you're out of order. You're, you, you know the movie. You're, that, that is the movie. That's such a great scene. So um, the casting director comes out. Now, normally, I would put my harmonica in my pocket and not play while somebody's standing there. Mm-hmm. But he's the casting director of a movie. And I'm in a prison cell. So I kept playing. And the casting director looks down at me and he says, you play that thing? And I say, yes, I do, sir. And he goes, can you play Heart of, Young by Neil y- Heart of Gold by Neil Young? And I say, hell yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because that's the only thing I can do <laughs> that was recognizable. And I played it. And he says, why don't we have you play harmonica in the scene? 
And I go in there and I start playing, because here's the thing with a harmonica. Someone told me all music is is going up and down the scale. So if you can get us, and the scale is right there on the harmonica. You can't hit a wrong note. So if you can get a single note, just a single note, it's pretty mm -hmm. on a harmonica. The chords are pretty too, but if you can do just a thin, beautiful single note, and then the next one, then the next one, and inhale and exhale and exhale and exhale and inhale, and not know anything, just go single note. It's pretty or sad or whatever you want it to be. So I was in the prison cell and I started doing that just prison cell music. And the, the sound guy said, we got to turn off that harmonica. But the director... Turn off the harmonica. Turn off, get rid of the harmonica. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get rid of it. It's getting in the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but the director was Norman Jewison, a wow. famous yeah. director. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, and he says, nah, keep the harmonica in there. We could always cut it out later. Okay. But it sets a mood. He's obviously now my favorite turn. <laughs> so, uh, so I just kept playing harmonica throughout. Now, they did cut it out. They and did I'm, not. And I'm not in the movie anywhere. I mean, my hand... How about deleted scenes? Because you know there's deleted scenes somewhere. Mm, I'm sure they are, but in those days there were no DVDs, so they, they, they had no value. Let's look it up later. <laughs> so the... Uh, anyway, that's... Uh, but anyway, I got a Screen Actors Guild card from that. Neat. And... Uh, so those are the three things that made me think I can do this. And then I went to a blues jam. There's a blues jam in Baltimore run by a guy named David Z at a place called the Full Moon Saloon that I don't think exists anymore in Fells Point, Maryland. And I treated that blues jam, my three songs, as my gig every Thursday. I was there. I set up an amp. I was respectful. I did my three songs, and I sat down. I did my three songs, sat down. Every week after a year, David Z, um, who I'm still in contact with, decided that he's not, he's not going to keep the blues jam going. And, and I said, I'll do it. And the next two weeks, I learned about 30 generic blues songs and uh, ran the blues jam. And that was my school. Do you have any hobbies, Clay? <laughs> well, my degree, once I moved here to Florida about 11 years ago, um, I came here to take care of my mom. She, uh, she passed away. Um, my wife was like done with Missouri, which is where I was living beforehand. And I, uh, I like, I love photography. When I was growing up as a kid, my mother set up an enlarge, my mother's an artist and she was a great photographer and we set up an enlarger in my kitchen, in our kitchen when I was a little kid. So, um, I always liked photography and now the cell phones and stuff you can do it. But I realized I was never much of a computer guy, but now, or, or a drawing person, but now with the computers you can Anything you can imagine, you can do. Pretty much, yeah. So I went back to school to finish up my degree, and I got a degree in graphic design. Oh. So I could do my own CD covers and posters and other like people's and things flyers, like that. I do like your flyers, and stuff and like that. that. Yeah, that makes total sense now. So I get to do all that and other people's stuff and whatever, you know, here and there. And it's, I never thought I'd like it because I always you do things with people, like bands mm -hmm. sure, sure. and sports. My sports yeah, yeah. were always team sports and mm -hmm. things like that. But it's kind of neat to sit down and... Do photographs and do and learn all those you know Adobe programs and put all that stuff together. So uh, that's a hobby. Okay. You know, and, and photography is definitely a hobby. You know, definitely I've always kept that nice. idea. And I went back to school. I, I remember when at FAU they had the original. They had one class, a room for the original type of photography with the dark room and the yep. paper. And when I walked by that, and I smelled the smell of the chemicals. Mm -hmm. 
it was glorious. It was like this childhood memory of those smells. Of, of the of the developer and the stop that and the and whatever all that it was great, mm. but so that's a hobby is artwork. Um, I still love sports. Um, politics is a guilty pleasure of mine. I enjoy uh, getting into uh, into discussions on on uh, the political ups and downs and lefts and rights and centers and people's reactions yeah. and stuff like that. It's it's um it's a good little mental exercise and. Um, I have it's a guilty pleasure. I get too much right on. Probably too much enjoyment from that. Um, but those are it. I like writing. You know, I'm married, and I have a wonderful wife. We're the romance of opposites, and she's. When we first started dating, I called her the Velvet Hammer, because okay. it was clear that she's like, well, don't ask me if you don't want to know. Ah. And uh, yes, I do. And, and and we are sort of the romance of opposites. You know, she right. she, she wants me to play blues. Just blues. She wants me to play blues. Yeah. And um, I kind of like too much other weird stuff to, to stick with that. It's funny. They, they, I guess it's all described. She challenged me once. She said, Clay, I challenge you to do a song the way it was written. Like, don't make up lyrics. Don't extend the solos. Take a song, any song, and do it the way it's supposed to be done. Okay. And I accepted the challenge. And I do the Willie Nelson version of Don't Get Around Much Anymore. Okay. And uh, and I love it. We do it great. The band does it great. I mean, a little modification just for our instrumentation. But um, about three, four months later into the song, she goes, you know that challenge song? And I say, yeah. She goes, it's great. Everybody loves it. And they do. It's a fun song to do. Everybody likes it. I'm sure they like a nice, concise, short song after our epic anthems that we end up. She says, you know the song? It's so short. I says, yeah, we don't extend the solos, we don't make up lyrics, we do it exactly as you challenged me to do it. And she said, well, you could extend it a little bit. I was like, nah, I can't extend it at all. Hmm. That's the song that stayed. Now, I have extended it once, just this old couple got up to dance right when it was supposed to end. So I had to extend the ending just so they could dance a little bit. That's nice. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Anyway, she's wonderful. She's got my back. She's my family. She's a, she's definitely completed me and made me grow up a little bit. What um, are some of your favorite places to play in Florida and not in Florida? Well, BB's Lawnside Barbecue in Kansas City is a, is an uncomfortable place. It's a barbecue place. The, the stage area is just a thin little area. But on Saturday afternoons is the finest jam I've ever been to in my life, and it happens every Saturday afternoon, run by the least appreciated jewel in Kansas City, a lady named Mama Ray. She, uh, her, she'll blow the roof off the top of the place, singing-wise. But because it's Saturday afternoon, a lot of the musicians show up. But what's great about that jam is the audience has more fun than the jammers. <laughs> And that's what's great about that. And BB's Lawnside is, is run, owned by a guy named Lindsey Shannon. He's got his own um, radio show. It's just one of those places in Kansas City that's just a special, special place. Um, in uh, Out here in Florida, I love Blue Jean Blues. I love any place that books me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great time in Dania Beach, Dania, that, when Dania Beach Bar and Grill was going. That was a cool place. It, what my favorite, one of my favorite gigs of all time, I lived in Los Angeles for 15 years. 
and I played at a place called the Venice Bistro, which was on the boardwalk um, in the northern end of Venice Beach, and that was unbelievable. That was a, the band was called the Sundowners. We played every Sunday at sundown. Had amazing musicians. We played for three hours. Because every time we're about to take a break, another few girls would rollerblade into the place. And it's like, okay, we're not going to take a break now. So the, that's where I got doing these long shows because we'd play for, for three hours, two and a half, three hours. Then we'd take a break. Everybody would go out to the beach. We'd come back and we played till we felt like stopping. It was just one of these open-ended deals, which was like what it should be in Venice Beach. Well, everything you think. Kelly Brothers out here, you know, that's Janice, you know, Peter, those guys have, have made that place a place, you know, for music. Like, like, it's important when you go to places to find a place where the tour bus doesn't stop. And that's the type of place where the, the fancy tour bus won't stop there. But the locals, if you find somebody, who do you want to go to see a good blues jam? You go to there. You know, and so that's fun. Um, yeah. What keeps you going, Clay? Why do you keep doing this? Why is this still your passion? It's still fun. I still jump out of bed to do it. So um, when it becomes that balance of fun is not so huge. Mm -hmm. you know, I tell people I play long sets because we're not getting paid enough not to. It's sort of like you work so hard to convince these club owners to book you, to slap your stuff to the gig, to, to buy instruments and to buy harmonicas and all the work that surrounds yeah. playing is now. I, now I enjoy setting up. I'm kind of very, You're I, one of the few that do. I, really. I enjoy because because <laughs> setting up the gig, I'm thinking about the show. I'm like okay, oh, think about. I enjoy setting up. I know up. what you mean. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I I don't even don't mind tearing down afterwards because it, it you gives you want to come a, buy my gig and tear it down. No, like that? that's okay. No. <laughs> Because cause I've just finished the show, and it's like, all right, it's a time to, to just cool down a little mm -hmm. bit. But you do so much around the... Sh I put a bubble around the stage, because you just do so much to get there. Mm -hmm. I never understood only being there a short... Like, I've, I've done so much to get there. Sitting up I'm a home paid, at your house. I'm getting your paid home. so little to be here. Right. Any musician, right. not any, but just about any musician could have done anything else for a job. You know, if they weren't bitten by this bug of, of doing this. So um, you're going to have to hear me. Sorry. You got. You know, you can leave in the middle of the show. You know, if you want, you can call. If you want to talk to me, you can call me up and talk to me tomorrow. But I get, I've worked so hard to get the time on the stage that I got. And it's just so much fun. It's so much a blast to be there. So, um, yeah. So that's why I do it. I'm addicted. You know, that's my addiction. Um, I'll drive in. It's, it's terrible because I'll... I need my my wife to make sure I get paid, because it's just beautiful. It's it's just now I know. I'm, so I understand the finances, and I get paid, <laughs> and, and I and, But still, it's just so much fun. It's 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 you just do it. So we talked about Los Angeles. I spent about fifteen years there, and uh, that was a blast. <laughs> it was good. Besides the Sundowners. There's a couple. I got to always play with original singer-songwriters. There's a band called The Uninvited that I did a couple records with. Um, there's two brothers, the Taylors, uh, <laughs> the Taylor brothers, and uh, um, just a great band, great songs. And I got to play harmonica on most original rock and roll songs. Andras Jones, who I mentioned, 
um, Mr. Jones and the Previous, and he's got a couple of his first couple albums. And a guy named Jesse Loya, who's just an amazing blues singer and uh, and player. He's he was a guitar tech for Boingo, 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 and, and stuff cool, like that. Cool, man. He's in that uh, uh, Latin Danny type Elfman. of thing. With Danny Elfman, right. So, um, um, uh, who's it? Avila who's a genius. Who is a genius. Well, come on, The Simpsons. And Boingo Batman. And Batman and all the Tim Burton Tim movies. Tim Burton, yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, Pee Wee Herman. Yep. <laughs> well, that was good. Hey, Pee Wee, where are you coming from? Um, and then I went to, to Missouri, and I got to play in the best blues band I will ever be in. And with the late, great Don Ships, and, uh, and my brother from my now-adopted mother, uh, a band called The Pawn Shop with Norman Jackson. And Norman Jackson is the most soulful person I've ever played with. And he... Two years ago, I think he was number three in the IBC. Oh. Um, but how he could be anything but number one in a contest of blues singers, I have no idea. Mr. Clay, promote yourself, sir. <laughs> I, had, I dated a gal from England, Maidenhead. She's, you know, I was in Los Angeles. She says, Clay, you're a self-promoting Yankee doodle. You know that. So... Um, so nattybows.com, N-A-T-T-Y-B-O-S.com. It's not up to date today when I'm talking to you, but it will be soon. And I'll make sure I have all the, 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 the concerts, all the, all the shows that I'm going to be doing. Um, also, Toast Music, T-O-S-T-M-U-S-I-C.com. And that's, uh, or ClayGoldstein.com. And that does everything I do. That talks about graphic design. That talks about... I, I stumbled into a great day job, which is ropes challenge courses. And I have a company called Team Solutions, FLA, for team building. You know, it's, it, it just... It's fun. <laughs> watch, give people activities to do. Watch how they do the activities. And then watch how they relate that to their work. Let them climb some stuff. So that's kind of cool. So, um... And it works perfectly with music. It's that... I got a gig. Yeah, I can travel and do whatever I want. So, um, uh, those are the best places to find me. I send out an email almost once a week. I realize I screwed it up this week. I got to go back the next time. I got to resend it. But uh, you can email me, Clay, C L A Y, at nattybows.com or T O S T music.com. And I send out an email almost once a week where I'm playing with everyone I play with, Cat Riggins. Otis Cadillac and Eldorados featuring the sublime Seville sisters. If I get the wonderful opportunity to sit in with Joel De Silva and Midnight <laughs> Howl, which would be unbelievable. Um, um, you could bet that I'll be advertising that. Facebook uh, uh, Facebook and events, I, you know, there's so many ways to get the word out. You can, Natty Bowes have a, have a Facebook page. Uh, what else can I say? The, um, the June 30th, at the Funky Biscuit. Yes. You know what? The Funky Biscuit is such a great place to have something like this. Mm-hmm. With seating and sound, and it's built for music. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things you you come for music. Now, you can eat, too. Mm-hmm. You can drink, too. If you want, above the bar, you can even watch a sports, you know, you know, if you want to check out the score or something, you could do that, too. 
but the tables and the chairs and everything set up for music and to have a, a fundraising thing for something that we don't talk about mental health Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, it's huge. One Mind, One Heart on Sunday, June 30th. You could see the Natty Bows. You could see Otis Cadillac and the Seville Sisters and more uh, bands that day, along with Mr. Clay Goldstein. And September 14th, him and Cat? No, September 14th Otis, is Otis, Otis Cadillac. Cadillac at Niagara Falls Blues Festival. And Now, me and Cat will be at the White... Mountain Boogie and Blues Festival in New Hampshire on August 17th. Although that whole week we're going to be up at my father's place in in Roslyn, New, um, Long Island. Triad is a is a theater in downtown New York City, Manhattan. Uh, it's uh, cool. We got some other shows in Connecticut. Black Eyed something or others. Sally's. Pat, thank you. Black Eyed Sally's in Connecticut. She's got a lot of shows, and if you get to see Cat. It's just special. It's great. So, Well, thank you, Clay, for taking your time out to talk to us and to me today. Thanks for asking me, and, and thanks for those little kosher hand croquettes <laughs> and, and this throat. I, I can throat sing coat. now. Throat coat. Tea. Peace, love, and hot sauce, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen.